Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the New Statesman podcast, brought to you specially from our buzzing budget centre of news. Uh, I'm joined by Stephen Bush, who's our editor of The Staggers, and Anusha Kalian, who's deputy web editor. First of all... Um, Stephen, you had the pleasure of watching Diffid Questions before uh, Prime Minister's Questions and then the budget. How how was that? Well, it was the last uh, Diffid Questions of the Parliament, and I'm a bit of a development nerd, so I always tune in. And um, Lisa Nandy asked an excellent question about so after the re-election of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, what, what it means that someone who has basically now said he is against the two-state solution has been re-elected. Yeah, what does that mean for uh, is uh, our policy towards the Middle East? And Desmond Swain decided to come up with this slightly insidiocratic answer of, well, I'm going to use the wisdom of the end. And I at, was feeling a bit upset that I was forced to be in our budget centre rather than being uh, watching it from the chamber like I would usually. Can uh, I interrupt but, you and say what does the Ents being the big moving trees from all the things? What in this case did the Ents have to say about the two-state solution? How it's just it's useful to wait and see what the Israeli government does. So, like Treebeard, and obviously the weird thing is, of course, ultimately Treebeard realizes that the wisdom of the Ents is in fact not very wise at all, and they do in fact get involved. So, it, it, you know, it it, it was it was both a bit of a non sequitur, and actually, when you think about the books, it doesn't really work. But Lisa Nandy's face, which I, I urge you to like track down this clip, just was I just ought to become a meme for like what is this 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 fairly yeah, this I mean Desmond Twain also looks like the Tory is Tory. He's got kind of yeah, he he, he looks like an aged Michael Fabrican. He's got a pinstripe suit. He just is sort of you know, you know, you're 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 conservative's conservative. And it's Lisa Nandy's face, you know, who's really put was put the gloss on my day. Well, let's tear you away from the wisdom of the Ents, which, as you say, was like, let's think about this for a while, then conclude that actually, charge with Bilbo on our... No, hang on a minute, who's the little one? Frodo, there we go. On, <laughs> tucked into our branches. I'm going to think of Lisa Nandy's Frodo in this situation. Because <laughs> um, it pleases me. Uh, Anoush, so um, we were all expecting what we've come to call the cost-neutral rabbit. This is the idea that the Chancellor always has a rabbit in his hat. There's l- now so much stuff is leaked pre-budget before he stands up. Sometimes, indeed, as happened a couple of years ago, the whole budget turns up on the front page of the Evening Standard. Um were you excited about the appearance of the... What was the rabbit? And did its appearance excite you? Um, well, there wasn't really any discernible rabbit in this particular uh, budget. Although there are a few small surprises, sort of treats for the electorate before the Shrews, election. maybe. Yeah. 
pine martins at yes most. yes yes <laughs> maybe stoats okay. um one of which was called the help to buy isa which was a sort of um uh, offer to young voters i assume who are trying to save for a deposits for houses um and then there was a there was something for for savers so um you can take money out of your isa without um having to put it back in and losing the tax-free entitlement so currently it is that you can now you've got fifteen thousand man limit but once the yeah. money's in then it's locked in if you then have yeah. to go oh, actually my my you know, my boiler's broken i need a thousand pounds of that back then you can't put that back in the same year now you can hokey cokey your isa and still reap the tax-free savings benefits yeah now now you can do that which is quite exciting but for people who actually have those savings so this is always the cliche with with george osborne as chancellor is he has lots of exciting things but only for a certain section of the electorate who actually have these savings in the bank um and so the other big line that came out of it was this huge reduction in austerity so there had been a plan for to try and the, the aim to run a surplus of of 23 i can't these sort of all sound like made up numbers so it's going to 23 billion but now that's down to five, 5 to 7 billion so what he's essentially done Stephen, is given himself a lot more money to play with and made his cuts therefore to make his sums add up a lot less stringent yeah, it's it's about a shooting of Labour's foxes, really. He doesn't want to go into the election with this work cutting back to the 1930s line, although there's still this fairly horrific uh, ratcheting up of austerity in 2017-2018, which if Labour are smart, which often has been a pretty big if over the course of Parliament, let's just roll with it. Uh, if Labour are smart, they can exploit that much larger uh, deficit program in comparison to their own um, much more you know moderate or compassionate or whatever adjective you want to so the big difference being that labor will allow themselves to borrow for kind of capital but for infrastructure investments they're not aiming to kind of run a a day-to-day surplus yeah their their concern is basically the the debt mountain you know the huge level of uh, public debt taken on to bail out the banks and uh you know save the international monetary system uh and what that does to our debt repayments, what happens if interest rates go up and suddenly that debt is ballooning every day? They're aiming to reduce that by a significant margin. But yeah, this day-to-day surplus, which is where the much, much tighter Conservative cuts come into play. And we were expecting to see um, a raise in the personal tax allowance. In the end, we've got one to £10,800 to in 2016 it goes up to 11000 in 2017. They want it more. And this is the point where we have to step in and be super nerdy isn't it and say this isn't actually helping the the lowest paid workers because they often don't pay this this tax and it's actually helping people at the top because it's knock-on effects throughout the rest of the tax bans um nonetheless it's going to be a a, quite a popular policy but do you think Stephen that the impact of it has been dulled by the fact it was so heavily trailed in advance um I think, to be honest, with most tax cuts, it doesn't really matter when you see it in the news. It's when you get your paycheck and suddenly you have more money to go to a restaurant or go to the pub or whatever. The big problem with the threshold raise is because it's for everyone, there's a chance that it doesn't actually get felt by that many people. Whereas if, yeah, they've now used enough money and they could have cut basic rate by, by a penny. Uh, and if they had had no tax cuts and they'd cut basic rate by a penny, I imagine the mood in Labour HQ would be fairly bleak. Talking about cutting things by a penny, they've cut uh, whiskey, they've cut beer. However, they've only frozen wine duty in, a, uh, I think, a, a crushing blow to the white wine-loving masses of Britain. I, this is another one that slightly baffles me as, as a Londoner who is used to paying extortionate prices for my alcohol. Do you think that is a real vote winner, Anoush? 
Well, every it seems like every budget, George Osborne can say, I've given you a penny off a pint. And it's always slightly patronising because um, I always get reminded of Grant Shapps's, uh campaign poster for the beer duty cut and the bingo tax Helping cut. hardworking people do more of the things they enjoy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you s- said it yourself with the, there's a penny off a pint, but there's no penny off uh, wine. There's, no- there's nothing for wine drinkers. So you can see there's kind of an offer here to those people that the Tories believe drink beer. there's a penny off beer. Red Bull and vodka, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being won over. Um, I was I was really interested because, again, Stephen, we talk about this idea about shooting Labour's foxes. So the 600 million that's come under pension tax relief, that was money that Labour had got their eye on for their, I think, slightly pointless tuition fee cut. But um, how well did they did they manage to shoot Labour's foxes in other areas? Um, I mean, it's a cop-out answer, but it's a little early to say. The most effective thing is that back to the 30s, which is obviously very evocative. There are hundreds of stock photographs of everyone looking miserable and unstylish in the way everyone did in the 1930s. Whereas people don't look anywhere near as miserable or as unstylish in uh, 2000. It's not as an evocative a time of, uh, of penury and despair. So that is... I looked win. quite miserable and unstylish in 2000 because I was 17 years old. <laughs> and if you can't be miserable and unstylish at <laughs> 17, when, when can you? Indeed. Um, the intergenerational... The thing about the pension tax relief is it does defang this charge that they are an organised conspiracy to take money from everyone else and give it to affluent pensioners. I mean, obviously, they still are a bit of an organised conspiracy to do that. But they've now taken something away from very, very loaded pensioners. So I think that's probably actually the most effective thing they've done in terms of shooting labour foxes. Um, and Anoush, you stayed around to listen to uh, Ed Miliband's response. So this is the traditional, one of the weird, the traditional things about a budget. It's chaired by the chairman of Ways and Means, so um, not the normal speaker. And then the response is given by the leader of the opposition, although Ed Balls will have a chance to respond later. Hmm. Immediately, Ed Miliband went in saying he's got a lot of things to say that I've only just heard, but he didn't say anything about the NHS, which was exactly what he used all his questions for, uh, Prime Minister's questions. Hmm. It was a bit of a foretaste of the election campaign, wasn't it? Of, of I don't care what you say, I'm going to say the things I was going to say anyway. But were his lines on the NHS good? Um, actually, no. His lines on the NHS were probably the worst, mainly because they're predictable and they're not really relevant. But and, and I, you know, I did. My heart sank when he began his response with the one mission was the NHS. But actually, he did do quite well. He he veered away from those old lines and he managed to find uh, something in the budget report that actually proved that the Tory cuts are going to be faster in the next two years than they've ever been under this coalition, um, which means that Labour's line that the Tories have got extreme austerity ahead stand up slightly. Um, And also, he said that there would be at least the same amount of cuts in the next uh, parliament as there have been under this parliament. So the idea of the worst of austerity is yet to come under the Tories hasn't completely gone away. And I think Ed Miliband was quite good to actually salvage that line because it was quite a surprise to him that uh, George Osborne sort of U-turned on his autumn statement uh, predictions. And the final thing would be, how much do we think that George Osborne spent in and gave away in announcements in order to make a series of sometimes quite good, sometimes quite poor jokes? <laughs> so there was a joke about Agincourt being a band of brothers, which ho-ho, because you hate your brother, you won't be doing. And then there was a, he was cracked down on deeds of variation, just so that he can have a little go at Ed Miliband for having done that when he inherited his house. How much do we reckon, Stephen, that that those the gagometer has has cost Britain. I reckon it probably does come to about two and a half million because there was also a gag about Wi-Fi enabled fridges and the Internet of Things. So between it, yeah, I mean he's basically assembled a very decent lower league team uh, for the cost of two 
fairly indifferent jokes. Well, uh, if you can't do that as Chancellor, what can you do? <laughs> also, the other thing is, I don't know if either of you spotted whether or not he was drinking anything. This is, I think, a really sad thing that it used. To, the tradition always was that the one time you were allowed booze on the floor of the house was when you were the Chancellor delivering a budget speech, and people often had a little nip of oh. Scotch whisky. Gordon Brown only ever had water, and I think you know these new austere. T- I'm, you know, I'm obviously been great had he been doing shots of Jägermeister in between <laughs> every announcement, but um, I didn't see him drinking. No, I think things are more austere now because the main thing that people like to bet on before the budget is how many times George Osborne takes a sip of his water and wearing a grey yeah. tie, which nobody expected. So yeah. someone's made some money out of that. <laughs> um, finally, what's your one line takeaway um, from today, Anish? One line, as in just, just one... G- yeah, give it to me. What What do you think people will take away from today's performance? Um, there's an election in May. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a bit of a cliche to say um, this was a very political budget or George Osborne is a very political chancellor, but it was definitely sort of like a transaction, wasn't it? It was like to voters, I will give you this, this and this if you vote for me in May. It, it was very much a sort of obvious, hmm. obvious trying to buy people's votes, I think. And Stephen? Well, it was kind of, it was... It was it's morning versus it's a morning in America was basically what George Osborne was trying to kind of say. The sun's coming up, things are getting mm. better in Britain. Stay the course. There was a lot of badinage about the concept of whether the roof was now fixed, whether the sun was shining, <laughs> was the sun coming, was the roof on fire through the sun, was everything happy? Did Labour want to extinguish the sun? <laughs> there was a lot of that, wasn't there? There was a lot of kind of. Which is exactly the, the, the tough course that George Osborne has got to steer, which is kind of like we've been through some pain. Things are getting better, but not not too quickly. Don't go crazy and vote Labour so that they turn the money taps back on. Stay with me. Mm. Um, well, I'm sure there'll be more um, analysis to come. There's probably some. There is probably a small rabbit, whatever whatever is the smaller version of a rabbit is, um, like a kind of poussin version of a rabbit <laughs> lurking somewhere in the in the red book. So when we find that, we will we'll talk to you more. But for now, I'll say thank you very much to uh, Anoush and Stephen. You've been listening to the New Statesman podcast presented by me, Helen Lewis, and produced by Anna Leskovitz. You can find us every week at newstatesman.com forward slash podcast or on iTunes. Our theme music is Devil with the Devil by the Underscore Orchestra, licensed under Creative Commons. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The EY Tech Connect podcast brings you candid conversations about the most pressing priorities facing tech, media and entertainment, and telecommunications companies, and provides strategic insights on the key issues that matter to them, including topics such as the top 10 opportunities in tech, the next generation of gaming, the future of connectivity and content, and the latest talent strategies. The EY Tech Connect podcast is out now. Download today from wherever you get your podcasts.